Someone say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. And it reads, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit, for it is possible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation. Though we thus speak, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Amen. And I want to just teach for a little bit tonight on God has better things in store for you. God has better things in store for you. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. In reverence to the word of the Lord. Amen. God has better things in store for you. Salvation is obviously the primary quest of every individual, especially in the house of God. It is the reason why God has brought us to this city and why God has brought you to this church so that you and I would be saved. Amen. Saved from the wrath that is to come. Saved from the, uh, the, the, re- the result of sin, which is death. Amen. Saved from everything that hell intended for your life. And God has saved you. And Jesus taught us to make seeking first the kingdom of God our number one priority. Amen. Jesus taught us to make seeking first the kingdom of God our number one priority. Everyone say amen to that. Amen. Amen. Let it continue to be our number one priority. Amen. Help us. May may God help us to keep the main thing, the main thing, and to keep our priorities in check. Amen. Church is a priority tonight. Coming to the house of God is a priority to me. And coming early for prayer is a priority for me. Amen. Giving faithfully in the offering plate is a priority for me. Amen. Reading my Bible every day is a priority for me. These are priorities. And there is no greater position in life than being saved from the bondage of sin. Amen. This is why Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And when we receive salvation, we discover in the key text that we read that there are several things that will accompany the experience of the new birth. 
Amen. There are some better things that God has in store for you. Hallelujah. Amen. The will of God is that you and I continue to move forward. Amen. Getting a hold of better things and greater things that God has in store for us. And not that we are stuck on the proverbial hamster's wheel. Continuing to spin our wheel, spin the wheel, but never really getting anywhere. God wants us to go forward. God wants you to go forward. Amen. Verse 7 uses an illustration of God blessing the earth with rain to produce vegetation or to produce the fruit. Amen. Upon the earth. But what's the issues? What's the issue with thorns and briars in verse number 8 that quickly follows? Thorns and briars incurred the cursing of God because they not only were non-productive, but they also were a detriment to fruit-bearing plants. Amen. The contrast in Hebrews chapter number six, amen, is that there are, if we do not, if we do not continue to move forward and to progress in our walk with the Lord, we can run the risk of becoming stagnant and stale and non-productive in our walk with God. And there are others that begin to keep reaching for what God has for them. There's others that keep reaching for what God has in store for them. And, and as they keep reaching for the Word of, that is revealed in the preaching of the Word of God, amen, they continue to get a hold and grab a hold of better things. And their lives embody better things. In fact, if you study the book of Hebrews, the primary theme of Hebrews is better things. Throughout the book of Hebrews, the topic is better things. God has better things in store for you. God has great things in store for you. It's not the will of God that you remain stuck in your past, stuck in your present situation, but that you move forward and you fight hell and you progress in the name of Jesus and you break down walls and you break down barriers and you destroy demons and you achieve better things that God has in store for you. But those, amen, that give way to thorns and briars and and just these destructive elements that begin to try to evolve or to come up in your life, amen, these are a detriment to fruit-bearing plants. Hallelujah. You perhaps may have experience with the gardener plants in your yard or, or what have you, and it's you. the reason why you have to continue to pull the weeds out of the ground. Amen. It's not because you didn't get a good enough weed barrier because those things work for a time and the weeds just somehow make their way. They'll make their way through the cracks that begin to show up in concrete. They'll make their way between the pavers that has all different layers of sediment. Amen. The weeds will begin to pop up. Amen. The weeds, they will begin to work their way into your life. There's going to be things that will just naturally try to work their way into your life. And if you're not active in searching your heart and examining your heart and saying, God, let the preacher preach to me tonight. If it rubs me the wrong way, then God, let it deal with my heart and let God's word begin to work in my life and allow this preacher to begin to pull the weeds and to pull the thorns and the briars from your life that you might be what he wants you to be. But the reason you've got to pull them things out of your life 
any there's anybody that knows a little bit about gardens because those weeds they'll eventually choke out the fruit bearing plants they'll suck all the water from the fruit bearing plants they'll cover the sun from hitting those fruit bearing plants and if you're not diligent with pulling weeds and thorns and briars out of the ground amen the thing that you is that is your prized possession will die off because it's been choked out Amen. It's, it's been squashed out. And so you've got to be vigilant, vigilant amen, with, with uh, assessing your life and saying, God, uh, help me to look at the mirror that is the word of God one more time. Let the preacher help me, God, when I come to church. And here's where a lot of us oftentimes fall. Pray is we'll hear, where we will hear preaching, we will hear teaching, and we'll think, man, that was good for her. That was good for him over there. Man, she really needed that. That man, that he really got that guy over there. And then never do we say, man, how does that apply to my life? God, is he talking to me tonight? Is there things in my life that the, the preacher's trying to pull out of my life and choking the life out of me? You've got to be willing to let the word of God work in your life. Amen. But each of Each one of us will fall into one of these two categories. Fruit-bearing plants or thorns and briars. But it's God's will that you and I do whatever it takes to keep getting better things in God. To say, God, what do you have for me? God, where can I fit into the, the body of Christ? Where can I be most productive in the body of Christ? How can I bear forth fruit in my ministry? How can I bear forth fruit in my life? What can I do? What things do I need to remove from my life that I might bear forth fruit? And there are some things that accompany the the salvation experience. Amen. That uh, uh, when allowed to control our lives will by all means produce qualities and characters that are pleasing to God. And some of the things I want to just talk about for a few moments here in the book of Hebrews chapter 6. There are some these are there are some things that will and should accompany your salvation experience. In verse number 9 it talks about things that accompany salvation. Those are the actual words used in the King James English, things that accompany salvation. I'm talking about there's better things that God has for your life. God wants to take us somewhere. He wants to take you somewhere. He wants to take me somewhere. Amen. And while salvation and the things accompanying salvation are two distinct concepts, they are inseparable. These things are an integral part of salvation. Amen. You've got to have the both of them. If you're going to be saved. Amen. It's not enough. Amen. I love the, the emphasis that Brother Paul brought out some, some time ago about uh, the fruits of the Spirit or uh, the, the, uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's the initial sign of God's presence. Amen. There's an initial thing that God begins in your life. And it's, it's the entrance into the kingdom of God. But it doesn't stop, amen, just at an altar of repentance, at an altar of being receiving, being filled with the Holy Ghost and being water baptized. That is entrance into the kingdom. 
But if you're going to continue to be saved and be what God wants you to be, there's going to be some things where you allow the Holy Ghost to continue to work in your life. You allow the Word of God to continue to work in your life. You allow, amen, the church, amen, to have its influence and effect upon your life. People will tell you it's not works that save you. It's not works alone. And a lot of times when you hear that phrase, a lot of times they're implying that all you've got to do is believe and God knows your heart. And God sees the God sees the inside of your heart, and, and God doesn't. They, and they 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 take the scripture and they, they take it out of context, and they say, "Well, God, He sees my heart. He knows where I where I am spiritually. He knows my heart and my mind and my purposes and and my intentions. They're right, Amen." And and they'll stop and they'll say, "Because God knows my heart, I don't have to work on the outside." And then there's others that say, well, the outside is so important. Amen. You've got to make sure that you're buttoned up from head to toe and only your eye, eye your eyes are showing. But the inside is, is, is a sepulcher. It's, it's dead men's bones. Jesus told the Pharisees this same rebuke in the book of Matthew. Amen. He said, you got white sepulchers. They look, they're the most beautiful gravesides around. But inside it doesn't change the fact that it's still dead men's bones. There's got to be the inside, amen, that shows up on the outside. And it has to start on the inside. Amen. I have found and I am finding out, amen, even in my present day that when I get back to prayer, when I get into the presence of God, the things that I hold dear to sometimes, amen, I think are so important. Amen, I, I, I begin to see it in, in times of prayer, getting the Holy Ghost, that some things, they really don't matter a whole lot. Right. What matters is my relationship with God. And, and if my relationship with God is right, and then I've got to make sure also that my relationship with my fellow man is right. right. Amen. And so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not uh, works alone that saves you, and neither is it faith alone that saves you. But if faith with works, it's faith with works that saves a man or a woman, a boy or a girl. Faith has to be also coupled with obedience. These are some things that are what we would call in the book of Hebrews better things. God wants to move you further than you are right now. He wants to move you further than where you are right now. Faith has to be coupled with obedience. These are not, uh, faith coupled with obedience will bring about salvation. These are not self-righteous acts of human effort, but they are acts of obedience to God's word. I believe it was the prophet Samuel that said those famous words, obedience is better than sacrifice. God wants people that have an obedient spirit. God, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to do. And you know, we could we could over-spiritualize that comment right there, that statement that God, whatever you want me to do. But if my pastor tells me to do something, that's that's a man. And we'll, we'll talk like that. You know, the, the, the thing in, in Sam, in the book of in Samuel's life is the voice of God. 
sounded just like the voice of his pastor, Eli the priest. And although Eli the priest, amen, didn't, uh, wasn't cutting, uh, cutting the cheese or wasn't making the cut, if you will, with his family, Samuel could have very easily said, well, I don't have to listen to my pastor because look at him. He's not bearing fruit. Look at my pastor. He's not, his family's uh, out of whack. It's out of alignment. And they could, it can very easily run down the ministry and therefore disregard a word that God has for you. But Samuel said, no, the voice of God still sounds like the voice of the authority in my life. It still sounds like that. Amen. Faith coupled with obedience will bring about salvation. Amen. And there there has to be obedience in our hearts. Amen. The first thing that will accompany salvation or the first uh, thing that is a better thing that will begin to happen in your life as you allow the word and the spirit and the preaching to work in your life is there will be, amen, this word that is called transformation. It's not alteration. The difference between alteration and transformation is alteration is the same thing that is just modified and tweaked and changed a little bit. Amen. You can take the pair of pants that I have and you can alter my pant leg. You can make them shorter or longer. You've altered them, but they're still pants. They haven't changed. You can take, for the women, you can take your skirts. You can alter them, but they're still still a skirt. Amen. You can take your suit. You can have it altered. It's still a suit. You've altered it. Amen. It hasn't changed. It's just been a little tweak that's happened. But God wants to bring radical transformation. God doesn't want to just reform you. He wants to transform you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And it is this subject, amen, that only happens in places of deep prayer and consecration with the Lord. Amen. It is in times of prayer with God that God has transformed me and I've gotten to the place of prayer wanting to do my own thing. But I've got to transform. Say, God, your will, not my will. God, I want to look the way you want me to look. I want to talk the way you want me to talk. I want to hang around the people you want me to hang around with. I want to be transformed. I don't want to look like, smell like, sound like anything in my past. I want the better things that God has in store for me. The only way you're going to get better things is you've got to say, God, transform me. I don't want to look like, sound like, walk like, talk like, smell like my own life, my past. I want to be changed. I want to be transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. I've got to be changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's better things that God has in store for your life. God has better things in store for your life. But it has to be you and I getting into and onto an altar. A-L-T-A-R. An altar. And saying, God, I'm going to die on the altar. I'm going to be crucified with Christ. I'm going to get in prayer and fasting. And God, you've got to change me and transform me on an altar of sacrifice. I've got to be changed. I've got to be transformed. I've got to be 
preaching about a, an inspirational topic tonight. I'm talking God wants to transform your life. He wants to transform the way you walk. He wants to transform the way you dress. He wants to transform the way you give. The way that you talk. He wants to transform the way that you think. The way that you behave and act. He wants to make all things new. He wants better things in store for your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sinners coming to an altar, repenting of their sins, and the Holy Ghost showing up to church. They they do not evolve into Christians. And I think this is something that a lot of times we don't realize. We think, well, if I'll just show up to church and Sundays and Wednesdays, I'll, I'll, I'll evolve like the world teaches me. I'll, I'll evolve and I'll become a product of my environment. It's not going to be a process of you evolving. And you walk in here one day, amen, a homeless man walks in here one day and, and just comes enough times and eventually he begins to walk upright like the old evolutionary teaching. He begins to, you know, shave his face. He begins to, you know, look brighter, look nicer, cleaner, and whatever other things you envision. Amen. He doesn't, nobody's going to evolve into a Christian. It is a transformative process. An immediate, supernaturally wrought change transpires when Christ comes into our lives. There is radical transformation, or it's just like this in the world of science. It is a metamorphosis. The tadpole is metamorphosized, if that's the right way of saying it, into a frog. Or the, uh, the uh, cocoon uh, begins to metamorphosize into a butterfly. I think it's a caterpillar that, that metamorphosizes into a, a butterfly. It, when it evolves from the cocoon, it is something entirely different. The tadpole that once just swung and through the water and kind of wiggled its way through the water now has four legs and it's got some webbed feet and now hops and it looks completely different and there's no mistake in the two. Amen. The caterpillar that once crawled along, amen, 20 or so little legs now has beautiful wings of different color variations and flies, amen, looking at all the pretty plants and and enjoying all of the the creation that God has. It's entirely different. Amen. This is what God wants to do in your life and in my life, that we would be entirely different. Amen. It could very well, and it should very well be, that people that used to know you on the street look at you and say, man, I hardly recognize you. You look so different. Amen. You look so much more beautiful or handsome or or just clean. And and there's something about you that has changed. Amen. When they tell you I hardly recognize you, you should say, I've been metamorphosized. I've been transformed. Amen. God's got better things in store for my life. There's better things that I'm continually reaching for and grabbing a hold of God. The contrary, the contrary is as a song sung years ago by the Helen Baylor. Anybody ever heard of Helen Baylor? 
Helen Baylor was an old songwriter uh, back when I was growing up. And she talked about, in one particular song, she talked about an old friend of mine that I met one day. And she said, I, I hadn't seen him in some many years. He knew me from way back before I met the Lord. And she, in her song, she began to talk about they exchanged pleasantries and he, uh, he offered her a, an invitation to a party. And she, in her song, she said, that's all that he had to offer me. And it dawned on her, all that this world has to offer me is another party, another relationship, another high, another drunken night of being uh, in, in stupor. Just another flame, another high. And she began to tell her friend, I'm not the girl I used to be. I gave my life to Jesus, and he's made a brand new me. There should be in our lives, you know what? I don't fit in with my old friends anymore. I, 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 just, I just don't feel comfortable hanging out in the bars with them. I don't feel comfortable hanging out in the parties with them, in the club with them. I don't feel comfortable hanging out in that environment, in the house parties. Uh, just something about my Holy Ghost doesn't feel right. Yes. You see, I've been changed. I've been transformed. And God is giving me better things. And what I mean to tell you by telling you that is that the world continues to offer you the same thing over and over and over again. It's one chasing a woman after another chasing a woman. One chasing a man after another chasing. And one high after another. It's the same monotonous cycle over and over. But when you come to God... God saves you. He touches your soul. He fills with the Holy Ghost. He gives you a sound mind. He helps you to see right. He helps you to walk upright. He changes the way that you think. He changes the way you do your finances. He changes the way you do your relationships. He changes the way, amen, the way that you go to work. He changes the way that you hang out. He changes everything about you. He will transform your life. And he'll make all things new. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 talks about the old, uh, the old scripture says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Growth and maturity occur, occur in time. And trans, well, transformation accompanies salvation. And teachable spirits... Hear this tonight. These are the attributes of transformation. So you say, how do I know I've been transformed? Teachable spirits, obedient attitudes, a willing, and a willingness to learn and accept Bible truths are attributes of transformation. How do I know that I've been transformed, Pastor? How do I know that God has transformed me, that, that God's working in my life? How do I know that I'm still on the right track, that, that I'm going the right direction? Amen. If you've got a teachable spirit that says, Preacher, help me. Tell me what I've got to do. Tell me what course corrections I've got to make. Amen. I'll have an obedient attitude. I'll have a willingness to learn and to accept the Word of God as the final authority in my life. Those are some attributes of being 
transformed because you see, when you were in the world, nobody could tell you what to do. When you was in the world, you did what you wanted to do. But now that you're in Christ, amen, there is a teachable, submissive spirit that says, Preacher, tell me what I've got to do. Help me to go the right direction. What must I do to be saved? Hallelujah. These are the attributes of transformation. Transformation calls, amen, for also some specific things in our lives. Transformation calls for a change in how we dress. It calls for a change in how we dress. Amen. For the men and for the women, we cover our flesh. We dress in modesty. We cover the nakedness. Amen. There is a shame that we learned in the Garden of Eden. We change the way that we dress. Hallelujah. Ladies dress like ladies and men dress like men. The men wear the pants and the women wear the skirts. Amen. And they dress holy and pleasing before the Lord. Hallelujah. The men wear the pants, not the shorts. They wear the pants and not the shorts. Hallelujah. They dress holy. Amen. And they live holy. Hallelujah. On the inside as well as the outside. And transformation calls for a change in your lifestyle. Amen. If you was a swinger in the world, you can't be a swinger in the church. If you live an alternative lifestyle, an alternative lifestyle in the world, you can't live an alternative lifestyle in the church. If you were homosexual before, now you're going to be straight because God is making a way for you. I don't care if it's Pride Month. I don't care what the world says. Amen. And every man be a liar. Let God be true. Hallelujah. I'm telling you tonight, this is not hate speech. This is, amen, God giving you grounding, giving you understanding. Transformation calls for a change in your evil habits. It calls for a change in your evil habits and the vices and the addictions that the world places in your life. Ask anybody who's walked away from truth. It's been in the world a long time. And they'll tell you, I've picked up some habits. I've picked up some addictions. I've picked up some vices. Some destructive things that drag me down. But God wants to transform you. And help you and I. To not have to deal with that old temptation. Transformation calls for a change in your speech. Transformation calls for a change in how you talk. When you've been transformed and the Holy Ghost is working in your life, the cuss words don't so easily slip out of your mouth. The gossiping, the backbiting, the cutting down, the judgmental speaking, doesn't live in your mouth anymore. When you've been transformed. When you've been transformed, you don't come to church saying, ooh, look at her. Oh, that kind of car is that? When you've been transformed, you build up. You don't cut down. 
God didn't call you to be a fruit inspector, sizing everybody up where they're at in their walk with the Lord, and you're the, the judge with the, the gavel in your hand, beating the beating the desk and making rulings because you're the most spiritual in the church. God didn't call you to that. God called for a transformation in your speech, in your thoughts. He called transformation calls for a change in your moral conduct. No longer. Amen. Can the philander continue to philander? No longer can the whoremonger continue to be a whoremonger. That word whoremonger, if I could be so brash tonight and just straight, the whoremonger is, is the opposite of what the world calls uh, the loose woman. The opposite of that is the loose man. That's the whoremonger. The man that just does whatever he wants, sleeps with every woman he wants. That's the whoremonger. But transformation calls for a change in your moral conduct. It calls for faithfulness in the marriage, faithfulness in your singlehood to the to be impure before the Lord. Transformation calls for a change in your character. Transformation calls for a change in your appearance. It calls for a change in your attitude, in my attitude. And it calls for a change in our spirits. The spirit that ruled in our past life said, don't talk to me like that. I'll take care of me. But when we've been transformed, we can say, amen, preacher, he's preaching to me. Oh, God, he knows He's addressing the issues in my life. Save me, preacher. Save me. Preach to me. Tell me where I've been wrong. Nobody's told me where I've been wrong. You see, the real friends in your life will tell you where you're wrong. The ones that really care about you will tell you you're wrong, sweetheart. You're wrong, honey bun. You're wrong what you've been doing, baby. You're wrong. The, the mother and the father that doesn't love their children, their children, they'll, they'll let them run the streets. Play in the freeway if you want, baby. Follow your heart. Go ahead and get hooked up, amen, before you're of the age. Go ahead and get involved in this and that. Go ahead and do whatever you want, baby. That's not a one that loves. A one that loves says, let me tell you, this is right and this is wrong and there's no mistake in the two. And if you want to do what's right, you're going to walk this road. And if you want to do what's wrong, you're going to go do whatever you want to do. But there's right and there's wrong. And I'm thankful to God that there's still a preacher that's not afraid to preach what's right and what's wrong. Because the right is going to save you and the wrong is going to damn you to a burning lake of fire. And there's no escaping. You're not going to get yourself to a place of purgatory and where you can pay for your penance, you can pay for your sins, and then get to heaven. No, honey. Amen. You've got to live right if you want to get to heaven. If you want to live the way you want to live, you're going to go to hell. That's just the way that it is. But I pray to God, amen, that there's nobody in this church that goes to hell. And as one preacher said, if you go to hell, you're going to go to hell over a praying pastor. You're going to have to climb over a praying pastor. You're going to have to walk past a praying church with tears in their eyes saying, don't go. God wants to save you. 
over your life. If as long as you continue to listen to the lies in your world, you'll be stuck on the same things you've been stuck on since you started out. But until you say, God, there's got to be some other voice besides all the popular voices of the media. There's got to be something different in my life. Everybody's telling me it's okay. Everybody's telling me it's okay to do whatever I want to do. Is there anybody, amen, that will tell me the truth? And there was once, amen, a king in Israel that began to, he began to reach out to all the quote-unquote prophets of the day and say, tell me, uh, if we go into battle, are we going to win or are we going to lose? And every prophet to gain the favor of the king said, Go in peace. God's going to give you great victory. And it's going to be a complete wipeout. And all he heard was just, yes, it's going to be great. It's going to be just biscuits and gravy, honey. Amen. And the, the king, amen, stopped and said, is there not anybody in Israel that will tell me the truth? Is there not man of God? Is there not somebody that's not afraid, amen, to tell me the truth? Honey, when you walk through this church, you walk through a church that's not afraid to tell you, repent of your sins. Amen. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in God. Forsake the old life. Give him everything. If you don't, you're going to be lost without God. But if, sir, if ma'am, you say, I want what this preacher's talking about. I want genuine transformation. Then I'm going to reach out and God has better things in store for my life. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands and can we talk to the Lord for a moment? Hallelujah. God wants to help somebody. I've said it from the onset. This message is not directed towards any one person. Amen. Everybody should say that some of that's for me, Pastor. Some of that's for me, Preacher. Some of that's for me. Let me get my portion. Let me get the Word of God in my heart. Help me to be changed. Help me to be transformed. Hallelujah. I'm only here today because I had a dad. I had a pastor that told me, son, you're wrong. Son, you've got to change. I'm only here today because I had a mother that said, son, you're not praying. You're going to be lost. And I'm thankful to God, hallelujah, that there's still, amen, the voice of God in this world that's telling you, you've got to change. You've got to be transformed. It's by the renewing of your mind. And there are better things that God has in store for you. There are better things that God has in store for your life. Allow me to quickly hurry. Hallelujah. Saved people do not simply go on living, acting, dressing, talking, going to places they once went, cheating as before. Saved people they don't just go on living and say, well, I got that experience in my bucket. Now I got this tool in my kit. 
and the Holy Ghost, I can do better. The church does not exist to make you a good person. For some, that's earth-shattering, enlightening. The church doesn't exist to make you good. The church exists to make you righteous. Pleasing before the Lord. So that one day God looks down and says, this is the completed vessel that I envisioned from the beginning. She or he has allowed the preacher to preach into their lives. They've allowed my spirit to talk to them. They've allowed the word to work on them. And now they're changed. They're transformed. They're different. If you was cheating before the Lord, you don't cheat no more. That goes for cheating on your spouse, cheating on your taxes, cheating your employer, cheating anything. You don't cheat no more. If you was uh, going to places that uh, was uh, that is not welcome in the presence of the Lord, you don't go there no more. You don't show up to the bar. You don't show up to the the club and just wear your little bag. Say, well, now I got the Holy Ghost. I'm I'm cool. No, you don't go there no more. You don't you don't act the same way that you acted before. You don't live the same way you lived before. You don't dress the same way you dressed before. You say, man, this church is trying to change me. No, I'm not trying to change you. In fact, one of the things I've realized a long time ago is I can't change anybody. And I'm not going to try to change you. All I can do is say, God, change me. And if he changes me enough, in prayer, I can tell you about a changed experience. And I can whet your appetite. And I can tell you what a changed life and show you what a changed life looks like. And I can tell you, look what the Lord has done. If you want what God has for you, you'll say, God, as I said earlier in this message, the things that I once thought was so important, hold on to it. You can't, you can't lose the argument because you don't want to be wrong. and You can't let go of this because you'll look like a fool and like you change your convictions. But at the end of the day, you get in God's presence and God says, you know what? Those things that you think are so important, they're not that important. Let it go. And grab a hold of God and say, God, I want better things than this world's offered me. I'm sick and tired of the world offering me one heartache after another, one broken relationship after another, one one hangover after another. The world's offered me nothing but hurt and disappointment and confusion and bitterness. God, I want better things than this whole world has to offer me. I want better things. I want to be transformed. I want to be what you want me to be. I don't want to keep struggling with my same addictions, with my same hang-ups, with my same obsessions, God. I want to be what you want me to be. The Bible teaches us that we have passed, if you'd stand with me, amen, we've passed from death unto life. 
that we're no longer servants, amen, but we're sons. It teaches us that we put off the old man and we put on the new man. It teaches us that we no longer are what we once were, but we are changed into his image from glory to glory. We're changed. We're transformed. As the music begins to play, hallelujah. I want us right where we are, I want us to lift up our hands. I want us to just close our eyes. And I want us to lift up our voice and just talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't want it to be a quiet time of prayer. I want us to lift up our voice as the music begins to play. I want us to tell Him, God, I want to be changed. I want to be transformed. God, I want better things that you have in store for my life. I don't want to be stuck with thorns and briars and things that choke out my salvation. But I want to be a fruitful man, a fruitful woman, a fruitful Christian. I want to be bearing fruit, God. I want my children to be saved, my grandchildren to be saved, my neighbors to be saved, my co-workers. I want to bear forth fruit in my life. God, I don't want to be a non-fruit-bearing Christian. I don't want to be non-productive. I want to be doing something. I want to be productive. I want to be working because as long as I'm working and doing something for God, I'm giving you something to bless. I'm giving you something to work with. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, let the music play a little bit louder tonight. Come on, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, I want to be changed. I want to be changed. I want better things. Thank you for a pastor. Thank you for a preacher that would 